Hey everybody, this is Matthew Ballantyne, the preaching minister at the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. And thank you so much for joining us on this Journeys of Faith podcast, a podcast where we sit down with different members of our church family and we talk about the challenges, the struggles that they've overcome in their life as a result of the faith that they have in Jesus. Today's special guest is Andrea Oliver. As many of you know, Andrea has been facing a cancer diagnosis over the last year, but because of her faith, she has continued to let her light shine in an amazing way. Over these first two episodes, we're going to have the opportunity to just listen to Andrea tell her story, and one thing is going to become abundantly clear. Because of her faith, God gets all the glory. Take me back to a year ago. You're not feeling well. You're trying to figure no, this out. No, I felt, I felt fine. That's mm-hmm. the thing about it. And I still feel fine. That's the mm-hmm. crazy thing. I just had lip nodes swollen under my arm. And I knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I, had, I went to the doctors. You know, I chased it. And it, it just took them until February till somebody said, let's do a biopsy. Yeah. And by that time, it was boom. Yeah. Well, when I got the diagnosis... Instantly, I start trying to call Birmingham to get in with doctors in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And my children said, no, we're going to go to MD Anderson. And I didn't know how to go to MD Anderson. Yeah. You can't get in. Shay Williams, that sweet sister, she said, let me give you the phone number of the breast clinic. Mm-hmm. Just call them. Just call them. I called them, and in four days, I had an appointment. Wow. In four days. And Steph went with me the first time. And the night we flew, the day we flew out, Texas had just a whirlpool of tornadoes, 40 in fact. Oh, wow. And so we were flying around all that. around. We couldn't get out of Birmingham for so long. We did not land until uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. My appointment was at 6.45, I think it was, 6.45 with the doctors. I'm panicking, thinking, I'm not going to make my doctor's appointment. I don't know what's going to happen. I called Edra Westmoreland, who was another sister in Christ that's mm-hmm. in Florence, and she said, I know a lady that went to Sherrod Avenue with me, and she works at MD Anderson. We're going to call her. She's going to take care of your appointment. Because the the clinic's closed. Mm -hmm. Edra calls her, and she calls somebody and lets them know I'm coming, but I'll be late. It's another God thing. You know, two more ladies. So it's just just been one thing after another after another. Uh, the, The lung biopsy, that one almost threw me. And I, I, that was a that was a meeting that I had sent Steph home early. She had to get back to the clinic, and I was there alone. And I was eating at a little restaurant, and the doctor calls, and he said, "You know, they pull no punches with you out yeah. there." And they said, "It is in the lung, but you know, we'll, we'll handle it. It's in the lung." Well, I hung up, and that was the the second time I cried, mm-hmm. and I and I prayed hard, and I said, "Lord." I know you're not going to put too much on me. I don't know if I can handle this. I'm way out there on this ledge. Well, this total stranger, his name was, uh, I think Gary was his first name, Hollinsworth. He was a Alabama football player. Mm-hmm. He calls me, and I had no idea who he was. My brother had mentioned me to him in the office. And uh, he calls me, and he started out at Birmingham, and then he went to Texas, and he walked me back off that bluff. Mm-hmm. Another godsend. Matthew, the last time I was out there with uh, Jonathan, my son, this lady in a restaurant looks at me, and she comes walking over out of the whole restaurant that's packed of people. She's got this handmade quilt, Mm -hmm. 
And she said, uh, I saw you and I think you're going to need this. And, uh, of course, I was black and blue because I had had the fall and all that stuff. Well, the next day they put me in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell everybody there, everybody in radiology, everybody about this quilt. And God sent this to me. And, you know, it, it's just been over and over and over. Right before I uh, went to Texas, I was black and blue. I went mm-hmm. from a treatment in uh, Muscle Shoals, and when I walked in, it was all full, and this lady, I go to sleep during treatments, Mm -hmm. and when I woke up, there's this little mustard seed doll sitting on my lap, and I said, where did that come from? And she said, there was a lady over there, and she watched you, and that's when it hit me. All I got to do is scatter these seeds. That's all I got to do. He's taking care of everything. Mm -hmm. So how in the world could I be discouraged or depressed or blue about this? Let's rewind two years ago. What was important to you two years ago that you look at and go, that wasn't important? Oh, Matthew, just living life. You know, mm-hmm. just taking everything for granted. No urgency. Mm-hmm. No urgency of, uh, oh, I, I got I got to go see this person. I've got to invite this person. N- none of that. Kind of thinking Not there's none always of that, tomorrow. But there's always tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And just life is good. You know, life is good. I'm retired. I've got precious grandchildren. I've got healthy children. And, you know, I'm enjoying my friends. And just life is good. I was thankful. Yeah. Oh, I was very thankful. But did I really know the value of being able to get up and walk through this house without assistance or Mm -hmm. whatever? You know, you just put things in perspective that Mm -hmm. I've given you so much. Now you've had this diagnosis and you know that you have cancer and your perspective has changed and now you have this urgency and God then puts a moment in front of you that test kind of is this urgency going to make a difference. You have this conversation with a young lady on Facebook, Sabrina Calger. She's looking for a home church. She's trying to figure out some things in her life and you have an opportunity to invite her to church. Tell us about that moment. It was a post on Facebook, and she had uh, she was looking for a home church, mm-hmm. and some people had recommended Ninth Avenue, and some had not, and so I had to tell her about my um, what Ninth Avenue had done for me, and how Shay had done that big luncheon, and headed that up, and all these women in my blessing book, and I, I said I don't know how they could have been more of a family to mm-hmm. me. And I wish you'd give us a shot. I wish you'd give us a try. And um, I mean, those ladies, that blessing book, I still, I I put every card I get is in my blessing book because I want to save them all. Mm -hmm. They put like $2,500 in there to help me with those expenses, kicking off, Mm -hmm. getting out there, getting the help I needed. And And I told Sabrina, I said, please give us a try because you won't find a more loving church than that, Daddy, you. Now, aside from Sabrina and her family, I know that you have reached out and shared your faith and that invitation to Ninth Avenue with so many more people. Has anyone else responded to that? Tony Brightfield, one of my first students Mm -hmm. that I taught, was there Sunday. That thrilled my heart so much. I mean, it did. It just brought me so much joy. And and I would imagine he's there because through this you've been, hey, come, come, come. Mm -hmm. And, and would you have been, had you not been going through this? I hope I would. You know? I, you know? As you're stepping out on your faith and inviting people to come be a part of our family here at Ninth Avenue, 
what are you telling them about our church family? For a lack of better words, maybe what are your selling points as you say, look, you need to come and be a part of this? We are a most loving congregation. We are a grace-filled congregation. We are teaching that. Mm-hmm. We didn't teach a lot of that when I was growing up. We're living our faith. Yeah. Uh, you have people reaching out now instead of everybody being so uh, withdrawn and conservative. Mm-hmm. No, you have open conversations with yeah. people. And, and in this process, I imagine it makes it easier for you to then step out and say, come be with us. It made it, made it so much easier for me to listen to the Holy Spirit, yeah. to listen to Him. Yeah. He's been there the whole time. He's been there the whole time. And now you're listening. And it took all of these things in my life I guess, to bring me to the point that I'm listening to him. Mm-hmm. And it's so comforting. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying, how can you be depressed? Yeah. I'm on my I'm on my way. Yeah. You know, I don't know when it's gonna be. You don't know when yours is gonna be, but I'm on my way. Yeah. You know, and to think, no, I don't know what the future holds for me. I certainly don't. I don't know if it'll be a month, six months, six years. I have no earthly idea. But you know, I'm not troubled by that. And I've told you this before, and this really rings home to me, but to think God knew His. He knew His end. Mm -hmm. He knew He was coming for the crucifixion. He knew that. He knew He was coming to have His muscles, everything ripped from His body for me. For me. And the rejection of family and friends and loved ones and homelessness. You know, He said, I'm going to come get you. Mm -hmm. You're worth it. I'm going to do all of that for you. So you know what? He is. <laughs> so how, how could I have any other outlook except this is a blessing? Yeah. This is a blessing. He's given it to me and bask in it mm-hmm. because it's a blessing. You know, I love the word you use because it's, it's, it's the words of Jesus. Um, but he says, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. as a comforter. As a comforter. And how much have we missed out on that comfort because we've not been willing to listen? Because we have not been willing to listen. It's not that he's not been talking. No. It's that we've not been willing to listen. No. And and he finally said, I'm going to give you a reason to listen. Mm -hmm. And it's, in Mm -hmm. some ways, it's going to be the best year of your life. The best year of my life. And everywhere I turn, Matthew, I see it. Yeah. Everywhere I turn. But, you know, it is it is amazing to think that this may be the most challenging chapter of your life. But yet from a spiritual perspective, the best one. The best one. Yeah. Looking back, or not looking back, maybe looking ahead, my hope is that through you sharing this and, and just the way people have watched you and the way you've carried yourself, that other people, before they face the challenge, go, hey... I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit now. Uh-huh. I'm going to find the urgency in this. And, and I'm going to live in this while, it, while there's not a challenge. Uh, and you know? you know what? Another big blessing out of this is God gave me this opportunity. What if I had been, like Jackie was said, in a car wreck or something, and I never got this opportunity mm-hmm. to really learn to listen to Him? Yeah. He gave me this opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I thank Him for it. Yeah. So much. So much. Yeah. Because everybody goes through hard times in their life. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to lean on him. Mm-hmm. You got to lean on him or you can't do it. And, you know, we talk about your life up to this point. And like we said when we started, every challenge, big and small, 
prepared you for this. For this. And I certainly made bad decisions at mm-hmm. different points in my life that led me into valleys and then would come out, you know. That that was my fault. Mm-hmm. That was a growing process, you know. But that foundation was laid. And you know, and if God's good if God's grace is there for us when we make the mistakes. And he carries us through our, yeah. when he carries us through our own made, made mistakes, that should just reinforce the fact that when I need to be carried through something that's just life, yeah. that I know he's got it. Matthew, I'd be laying in that radiation machine and they put that thing on your head and they clamp it down. You don't move. Mm-hmm. You don't move. And my heart would stop. And then I'd think, no, I'm not by myself in here. It's, it's too easy for people to get down, but you just got to look at the other side of mm-hmm. it. You just got to look what he's doing with this. Yeah. Because the phone calls, the people that says, you know, I'm praying for you. I I don't know how many people pray for me over the phone. People that have shocked me to no end. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, your love is, I I just, I can't thank you enough. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for that. Okay, I want to shift gears on you just a little bit. I want you to tell us about your trip that you just recently took to Las Vegas. I know it was a big family trip, a big moment for you guys, and I have heard some great stories from that trip. And just share with us. Well, okay. Steph and Jamie had decided to give Kaylee and Scott for their graduation a trip to the Grand Canyon, Mm -hmm. Las Vegas, and Hoover Dam. Antelope Canyon, and they asked me, did I want to go? Well, I'm always wanting to go. Mm-hmm. If there's somewhere to go, I want to go. Yeah. Well, we were leaving Christmas Day, and we were coming back New Year's Day. Well, two weeks before, I became deathly ill, throwing up again and all this stuff. and I was so sick, and I had diagnosed myself as gallbladder. Mm-hmm. It's probably gallbladder. So I go to the emergency room, excuse me, twice, and they gave me medicine for vertigo, and the gallbladder checked out fine, and all this stuff. Well, I was still sick, sick, sick. Thursday before we were leaving on Sunday, mm-hmm. I'm still throwing up. And I told Wyman, I can't go on this trip. And it just breaks my heart, but I cannot go on this trip. Friday morning, I wake up, it's gone. It's a completely gone. God gave us that trip. He gave us those memories of mm-hmm. that week. And we laughed and laughed and laughed and had the best time ever. Didn't even get to see the Grand Canyon because they had a snow blizzard. I mean, you know, uh, what's the odds of that? Yeah. But anyway, my sweet son-in-law, Jamie, and everybody else on the trip took their turns. But mm-hmm. Jamie pushed me in a wheelchair all over Las Vegas, the Grand Canyon, And he had a torn up knee at the moment. And he had a torn meniscus in his knee, completely torn. When we got to Antelope Park, the guide said, I think this is as far as we can take her. And Jamie leaned down and he said, nope, she's going through it. God gave us that trip. Mm -hmm. We came back January the 1st. January the 2nd was when I had my horrific fall. What's your favorite memory from the trip? Hmm. Oh, man, there were so many. I guess the lights of Las Vegas. I just, I don't care if I ever go back. Yeah. But just seeing all of the lights and the big buildings and the beauty, the majesty of that town. Mm-hmm. Matthew, it was clean. It, I, would, I never felt scared mm-hmm. other than the man that had the snake on his neck that came up to me. But it, it, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. 
the hotels were so magnificent, mm -hmm. just dripping in money, you know, and the lights. Which you took $12 of, right? I took $12.07. Yeah, I took $12.07, and so I cashed it out because I put five in. So, you know. So made good on my winner, money. Right? I was a winner. No, I gave rest of it away, and then I came home with seven cents on my little ticket. <laughs> I did. I came home with seven cents. And then the showgirls that came up to me to take their picture, and I said, well, yeah, I guess. And from the front, it was okay. But then they turned around the back, and I said, oh, no, I don't know what you're doing, but stop that. And I deleted those pictures. So, anyway, it was just... It was, it, those were three things on my bucket list. Mm -hmm. So we knocked out three of them. Yeah. So what are, what, if you could just say, if you could just say, I've learned this over the last year. If you could just sum it up in a statement. Homie, let's say, I've learned patience. Mm -hmm. I've learned love. Like I've never seen, mm -hmm. you know? from just people. You've seen their capacity to love. Their capacity to love, their mm -hmm. capacity to love. I've seen his guidance. I've seen him work through things and work through people. Mm -hmm. uh, using my cancer as it, that, I mean, people talk to me about that. How can you be, you know, in this condition? And I said, God's leading me there. So, you know, one of the things that people are afraid of, I think, a lot of times in life and, and gets us in a bad place is is the fear of the unknown. It is. Um, but as children of God... It's the, it's the known. It's, yeah. It's that even known. in the unknown, we know that someone knows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and then on the other side of the unknown, if it's life or death... Yes. We know that blessings are there. They're there. 